Hello and welcome again to another episode of Five Playing Questions, a podcast that proposes five questions to indigenous artists, creators, musicians, writers, movers and shakers, and culture bears, people in the community that are doing great things for their communities. I'm Joe Williams, your host for this conversation. I'm director of Canada, the Native American programs at the Plains Art Museum. My goal is to showcase these amazing people in our indigenous communities from around the region and country. I want to introduce you to Tyler Larson a Benawakanton, Dakota from the Lower Sioux Indian community in Minnesota. He attended the Oscar Hausmer Art Institute for two years as a student and just completed his first year as a counselor. The program led him to the University of South Dakota where he is an honor student currently studying psychology and public health. He plans to return to his community after obtaining his, his degree and combat the effects of historical and intergenerational trauma. Being 19, he looks to the future with hopes of being a good relative for all the relations that he's made so far, and for those who's to come. And I suspect, based on my interactions with him and what I've observed with the students, that's most definitely going to be a possibility. So with that, let's jump into the conversation with Tyler. Um, Tyler, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, thank you so much for joining us at Five Plane Questions. It's really great to have you here. Uh, would you be able to introduce yourself, talk a little bit about yourself and your background? For sure. Um, hello, my relatives. Uh, I shake your hand with a good heart. My name is Tyler Larson. I'm Badewakantuma Dakota from Chanshayapi, where they paint the trees red, or known federally as Lower Sioux, Minnesota. I am currently attending the University of South Dakota, studying psychology and public health, and I'm currently 19 years old, going into my junior year. So how we've gotten to know each other um, is through the Oscar Hausmer Art Institute. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how you got involved with the program and uh, I guess the last couple of years with the program? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, you know, I think I actually, it was my Indian education teacher, Jackie Probst, uh, and she just showed me a little flyer for it. And immediately I was really intrigued, but I didn't really feel like I had the ability in me to go three hours away from home and like stay at, on a campus for two weeks and make art because at that time art was very very stressful for me did not like people said I was good at it but the process of it was very stressful and not fun at that time uh so I was I didn't really super want to go at first but (laughs) but eventually um I warmed up to the idea and it was my first time being super far away from home not not even very far it's a three-hour drive but far enough away (laughs) um and yeah so uh, I I got convinced to to attend, and I'm so thankful that I did. I think about it all the time now, and I really don't know where my life would be if the Oscar Howe Summer Art Institute never existed, if Oscar Howe himself never existed. I My life would be entirely different at this point. Hmm. Um, I had no idea, first off, that there was like such a, a well-known, like amazing Dakota artist. And as a, a little Dakota kid, that was really exciting. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, it, it was really awesome. Uh, that first year that I went, I believe Chinupa Hanska Luger was the uh, artist in residence at the time. And he shared with us that art is a verb. Um, 
and that that really changed my whole perspective my whole life low-key um, just by telling me that art is a verb and it's it's really is that process that is the important part not the end outcome and that that really changed my whole game of making art and enjoying myself at oscar howe and wanting to apply for the next year and then pretty soon wanting to apply to be a counselor so I, I just finished my first year as a counselor. I attended as a student for two years. And that, I, I mean, I hope I can counsel some more. <laughs> I hope at least. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little down the road than you are on this, because um, you know, I was a student before as well, and then eventually become a counselor. And it's it, it's uh, quite an experience, um, of course, being a student and uh, making that shift over to being a counselor because all of a sudden you're no longer one of the kids uh, and you sort of feel this weight of responsibility to sort of uh, get get through the two weeks and not let down Corey, you know, and yeah. uh, trying to, um, and it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work being a counselor for that program. You know, as a kid, you sort of just go along with it, right? You're like, okay, we got to go to the next class and oh, okay, it's time for lunch. And you, you sort of, you make your way through it. Um, but I feel like as a counselor, uh, there's just that pressure to make sure that uh, you get the job right and watching the kids, especially when you go to Omaha for the for the the day trip. Oh yeah, that was definitely the most stressful. Like leaving Vermilion and like the general campus, so mm -hmm. stressful. I was so nervous we would like lose a kid or some <laughs> something would happen, and I was just. But it, it went really well, thankfully. Good, <laughs> good, good. good. I, I know one year we we our van broke down um, on the outside of Omaha. And oh so gosh. there we were, uh, we were underneath the one, we thought maybe like the, something's wrong with the tire. And for whatever reason, none of us were really mechanics, the counselor. So we're all underneath there trying to figure it out. And one of the students, oh, um, her daughter was uh, a student two years ago, um, uh, Jennifer White. And um, she jumped out and she was probably 17 at the time. And she looks under there and she's like, ah, oh, the brakes are locked up. Just get the brakes loose. And so we, uh, we got the brakes loose. And so, yeah, one of our, one of our 17 year old students saved us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, back to the questions. Uh, can you talk about your influences uh, before, before school and, and now uh, who, who is your, who are your influences? Um, I, I've kind of, I've been asked this question or a similar question before during like a panel for school and, I still think my best answer to that is that my biggest influences or like the people that I look up to the most are the littlest ones. Um, my baby sister, Jessa, and my baby brother, Kier, they're both just newly three. Um, mm. And they, they truly are. They're my biggest teachers. They have the brightest hearts. They have the strongest minds. And I, I will get too emotional if I talk about it too long, but, but they, I really don't know where I'd be without them everything that I do now is for them and with them in mind. Um, I think a, a part of that comes from like growing up kind of as an only child. I was the youngest of like four. And then um, I was about 15, 16 ish when my dad got married and suddenly there's uh, 11 of us siblings. <laughs> uh, so it's it's been since around then that, that my life has changed a lot. And I definitely see the younger ones as, the people that I look up to the most, even though they're, they're littler than me. Hmm. Wow, that's so great. <laughs> uh, 
all cheesy. Oh. Nay. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how about how about in school? Um, you know, at, at USD, I, I think back to my time there and uh, some of the staff that were there who are, are no longer there. Uh, most of them are gone now. Um, but, you know, some of them have such an impact on on my life. I imagine it's the same with you that there's there's some staff there that uh, are really driving your education and, and your experience. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, it's, I, I didn't expect coming out to college that there would be so many Native faculty and staff. I, I really had no idea. I don't know what I expected, but I mean, I knew I was coming to a primarily white institution and it, it really, it was very exciting to, to see so many Natives, um, especially in those in those higher up positions where you know that if they're looking out for you, they really are. Um, that it's been a journey since I've <laughs> since I've been at school. Um, I hang out like the vast vast majority of my time at the Native American Cultural Center. I'm probably there more often than I am at home or at my dorm. Um, and uh, during my time here, there has been two different. Um, the the first director was Marissa Cummings, and she is very was very influential for my my college experience and just making sure that I was confident enough to speak my mind when I needed to say and when I I had to give me the courage when other people might not have that courage to speak up about different things and she she definitely made sure that I I felt strong enough that I could speak when I needed to um and and now we have uh Megan Redshirt Shaw and and she's awesome she is she's awesome as well they're there's just so much amazing native faculty. I really could go on forever, but just those two being the directors of the NAC during my time here so far, um, they're definitely very, very looking out for each other, uh, like very caring and, and they look out for the students. Yeah. Uh, even, even when I was there, uh, all those years ago, um, we had great directors there, uh, that center. It's, it's always been, um, sort of a, a magnet for really great people. And some of my best memories from uh, from my time at USD are from that center, and really, it's it's where um, my wife and I really got to know each other um, as students. That's through that center is where we interacted and 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 got to know one another. So yeah, that's it's a great place. It's a great opportunity for students to get together and sort of form a community there. So yeah, so you're. You're, you said you're going to be a junior this year. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, okay. credits wise, I'll, I'll probably end up taking five years though. I oh. think, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, I'm, I'm, I was an art student. All of us art students took five years. So you're, you're right on path. Yep. You're doing just great. <laughs> um, so, you know, you're, you're in the middle of it right now. Um, you know, and of course the great thing about being in school is you've got it all ahead of you. Everything is in front of you. And, I guess, where where do you see yourself right now, your projection, let's say 20 years from now, uh, where you're hoping to be or where would you like to be at some point? 20 years from now? Yeah. Um, or 10 years. Like what's, what's the big dream at the moment? Um, ideally, I would like to see myself having a couple more degrees after this one. Um, I hope to get my Bachelor of Arts in Psychology, my Bachelor of Science in Public Health, and then hopefully a Master's in Public Health, and maybe, maybe potentially a, a clinical psych doctorate. Um, 
my my goal, my long-term goal, no matter what degrees I end up getting, is to do work that um, deals with combating historical trauma and the effects of historical trauma, whatever that may be. Like that, That's very broad to me, and I kind of like that that's very broad because there are so many ways to implement healing. Um, I, I really, I could see myself working in like any building <laughs> at home. Um, I, that is my goal is to, to go back home and do these things. So mm. I could see myself working in the clinic in Waniakini, our like dependency center. Um, I could see us work. I could see myself working in the, the rec center, the recreational center with the kids or in the government center or re- really anywhere. Um, mm. I just want to do, do things that I enjoy and um, a lot of that I, I discovered in high school. I worked with the Lower Still Health and Human Services Advisory Committee, and I was a member of the Saving and Protecting Our Youth Coalition. We called that SPY, um, and that <laughs> both of those both of those groups really like really did change my life. That was like when I stopped being so shy and so nervous all the time, and I really was comfortable going to community events, and I, I gained. I gained relatives just being out in the community and, and meeting people for the first time. Even some of the people I met would be my cousins and I wouldn't even know. So it was it was mm. really, really exciting um, and a really, really pivotal time. And I, I, when I worked with the Health and Human Services Committee, we did a lot of um, like event planning, uh, doing things like community runs. We had one every season um, and... and Oh, man, what else? I could go on and on about this. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah we do like dinners and a whole bunch of stuff. And then also did a couple policies. Uh, I worked or I, I, suppose, I suppose I should say I helped with a couple policies um, while I was a part of the Health and Human Services Advisory Committee. Uh, and we worked actually really closely with ACAF, the American Indian Cancer Foundation. And I, I just that I fell in love with it. I really want to do that in the future continue what I was doing in high school into my future, just bigger and more things, but that would be ideal. I think. Let's talk about um, opportunities. How, how do you seek opportunities right now? Whenever an opportunity arises, um, I, I think about my family or my community before I decide if I want to go through with it or if I don't, I don't really find myself doing art much. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, Obviously, I'd love to much more, but like during the school year, I never really find time to like bust out my quilling stuff and mm-hmm. and whip out some pairs of earrings or bracelets. But I, I feel like that's part of the reason why I was so thankful to be chosen as a counselor for the Oscar House Summer Art Institute because I could just be surrounded by art and be surrounded by artists and people. All of those students were so creative that it just it's almost like it rubbed off on me a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it made me want to paint and it made me want to make more earrings and made me want to create. Uh, so I guess, I guess I've never really sought the opportunities to create. They just kind of appear when they need to, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, that definitely was very cathartic these past two weeks, just being surrounded by so much, so much creativity and so much just want to bring things into the world that weren't there before. Mm-hmm. I think after a really tough year too, you know, a lot of isolation uh, in the last what, 15 months or so, um, it really felt, it really felt good to be around people again and to sort of function within a normal group of people. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. It it was something nearly magical to just be surrounded by that much native youth again. Mm-hmm. It was really nice. It was really, really nice. Oh, absolutely. So the the final question, um, and I think, uh, well, generally the final question is, what would you say to the eighteen to twenty two year old that's listening to this? Uh, you're within that age range. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, if we were to alter this a little bit, um, what would you? I guess what would you offer? Uh, what would you say to? I'd say to the high schooler that's listening to this. Um, yeah, what, what what advice would you would you give someone? Um, you know, I kind of feel like there I might have two. Um, the the advice that really got me through high school and got me to do the things that I'm doing now was uh, there was this uh, Dr. Ruby Gibson came to uh, Lower Sioux one of these days and she gave a presentation on historical trauma. It was from, I, I believe the SPY coalition brought her in, the Saving and Protecting Our Youth coalition brought her in to, to speak on historical trauma. And she said that, she, she said, you are the result of the love of thousands. And just that in itself, like I, I can never get that out of my mind anymore because mm-hmm. it, it's so true. I, I don't realize it, but I, I love all of the generations that are about to come after me. I am so excited for them, those those seven after me. I love them already. I don't know what they're going to look like. I don't know what they're going to do with their lives. I don't know, you know, what thoughts they have in their head or if they even know that I exist. But I hope that they know that that love has been just building for them for so long from so many different sources. You know, it's, I'm, I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one that is just so excited <laughs> and so full of love and, and yeah, I guess excitement. <laughs> I, I can't think of any words besides those, but I think about that a lot. And I think about the seven generations before me that had that same mentality that they didn't know what I was going to look like or who really I was going to be, but they knew I was going to be, I, I, they knew I was going to be here and they loved me and they hoped and they prayed for me. And I, I want to do something awesome with that love that they gave me. And I, I want to give that back to the next generations. So I, I think my, my reservoir of love is infinite and I think anyone's can be. And I, I just, I really think about our youth and how much they don't, they don't always know. It's hard to realize that you're constantly being loved, but I, I truly think everyone is. And they might, they might not know it. They might not be from people who are currently here, but they're being loved. Um, and then, and then I suppose the, you know, I guess that's just what got me through high school and got me thinking uh, about my future. But I, I think personally, I think that believing in something gives it power. So I guess to, to the high schooler that's listening, I want them to know that if they believe in themselves and if they believe in their goals and they believe in a future, an, an exciting future, that that'll come true. I I think it's it's hard to believe in, in always good and to, to not give the bad things power. But I, I do think that good kind of triumphs bad a lot. And, you know, it, it, there's a lot more people hoping for good in the world and believing for good. So just kind of adding into that, 
adding that good, adding adding that belief to that love. And I think that can get someone pretty far if they believe in it. <laughs> That's great. I love that. That's so good. I don't know if that made any sense. <laughs> I hope it did. <laughs> it did. It was poetic, actually. It was oh, wow. really wonderful. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, Tyler, thank you so much for this. Uh, thank you for your time. Um, this was really great. It was great getting to know you and connect with you over the last couple of years, really, through the this program and meeting you a couple of years before. Um, I hope to see you next summer. Uh, I hope uh, we're able to, to reconnect. And yeah, but thank you so much for this. Yeah, our, our paths will cross again, one way or another. <laughs> we'll be there for this. Thank you for this. You're giving me this this ability to speak these thoughts that I have. And that does it for this episode of Five Plain Questions. I want to thank Tyler again for his time and sharing his story with us. I met Tyler a couple years ago, like I said, um, when I was speaking at the Institute. And so when I walked in this summer as the drawing instructor, it was really great to see Tyler and his fellow counselors checking in students that had that same energy that Tirza and company, my group, my generation had when we were uh, interacting with the students back then. So it was great to see that that same uh, dedication and positive energy was there. And, you know, um, I think from a group that has been there for a couple of years that had formed those bonds, uh, it was great to see that they had ownership of that program uh, like we used to. And so that was really wonderful. So, Tyler, thank you for that. And thank you for this. More importantly, I want to thank you for joining us and spending your time listening to what I feel is a very important story and perspective from our community. So please join us next week as we speak with another incredible person. I'm Joe Williams. You can find me on Canada, that's C-A-N-A-A, Creativity Among Native American Artists on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and on the plainsart.org website. There you can see our programming, our past videos, and these podcasts. Um, also, uh, just a note about the Plains Art Museum. Uh, currently, uh, we have three uh, indigenous exhibitions up at the same time. They're not in the main galleries. Uh, they're all on the side, uh, kind of on the side galleries there. Uh, but still, they're there, and I think it's really great. Uh, the first is Roger Brower, Things I Remember. It's a uh, Carmonotypes from him. Uh, that exhibition is going to be coming down in a couple weeks, so you still have time to go check it out. Please, if you're in this area, don't, don't miss this one. This is really great. On the creativity... Uh, Center for Creativity side on the first floor is Laura Youngbird's Bias, also a collection of monoprints. Absolutely worth checking out. It's in a beautiful little space there. Um, Absolutely worth checking out. But on the third floor, we also have a brand new exhibition that went up last Friday called the Northern Plains Summer Art Institute Staff Student or Student Staff Exhibition. This is a a collection of work that was put together uh, for the institute that we hosted uh, over the last two weeks. We just wrapped it up. Uh, it is a fantastic experience. Dozens of people showed up for this. Uh, we had an uh, old agency drum group from Sisseton, uh, led by Kenneth Johnson. So, Kenneth, thank you so much for, uh, for bringing your group up and honoring us uh, with song and your presence. It was absolutely wonderful. And, yeah, so it was, it was great. The exhibition's up until September 6th, so please come check it out. Show your support for our young Indigenous artists. If you have a suggestion for me to interview, uh, please look me up on Facebook and message me. I would really like to hear from you. Or if you come up to see the exhibition, uh, my office is right off the space there. Pop your head in and let's have a conversation. Well, that does it for this week. Uh, You take care of yourself and we will see you next week. Thanks.